Media day is over. Training camp has just begun. And according to head coach Luke Walton, there's a lot of competition in camp because a lot of rotation spots are up for grabs. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm going to be joined by the Athletics' Jason Jones, longtime writer covering the Sacramento Kings. He and I are going to go through this roster, look at rotational opportunities, talk about who should be in the starting lineup and who shouldn't, uh, which rolls off the bench. We're going to look at players that are probably going to be on the end of the bench who might get an opportunity and might not. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. <laughs> You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member, Sacramento Kings media member for the last seven years. This will be my eighth season covering the Kings, uh, formerly as a radio host for Sports 40 KHDK now working in television at ABC 10. I'm very excited to cover the Kings my first year in television, although the Longtime Kings podcast content is going to be the same, if not a little bit better, hopefully a lot of bit better. And welcome in if you're new to the Longtime Kings podcast. So glad uh, to have you here. This is going to be your number one source for Sacramento Kings conversation and news all season long. I absolutely guarantee it. Fantastic guests all season as well, as well as my thoughts. Uh, I'm usually at games, have uh, inside information as much as I can possibly get. So we try and do it all and also be entertaining, entertaining and just enjoy talking Sacramento Kings basketball as much as we can. And speaking of the amount of great guests that I get to interact with and bring here on Locked on Kings, one of my favorites is Jason Jones of The Athletic. He has covered the Kings now. This is his 12th season covering the Sacramento Kings, uh, and he has written a lot of great pieces, has fantastic uh, relationships with many around the organization. Uh, He does a phenomenal job working with Sam Amick and Shams at The Athletic whenever there's major national stories about your Sacramento Kings. So anytime we can have Jason Jones here on the Locked on Kings podcast, it's an absolute treat. And he and I are just going to go through this training camp roster. We're going to look at the possibility of Buddy Heald starting over Tyrese Halliburton, if that's even a thing, Buddy Heald playing the three, whether or not Marvin Bagley deserves Deserves or, or has a chance to earn a starting spot at that four, or what his role looks like coming off the bench. We'll talk about opportunities for Chimezi Metu. Uh, there's going to be plenty that we are going to discuss here in today's Locked On Kings podcast. So, without any further ado, here is my conversation with the Athletics' Jason Jones. There was a lot that stood out from yesterday's Sacramento Kings media day, but one of the biggest things was Luke Walton talking about the competition in this training camp. Now, of course, competition is a great thing for the Sacramento Kings. Kings team. They don't deserve to have all their positions set in stone, maybe except for one, De'Aaron Fox at the starting point guard spot. And here to help me figure out this roster and this rotation a little bit, trying to do Luke Walton's job for him, is Jason Jones, longtime Sacramento Kings beat writer, formerly uh, with the Sacramento Bee, now with the Athletic covering the Kings, as well as a multitude of other uh, sports and, and national topics. Jason Jones, welcome into Locked on Kings, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you back. King season right around the corner. What is this for you? What, what King season is this for you now? I believe it's 12. 12. 12 King seasons, yeah, no my, playoffs. My son just turned 13. I think he was, yeah, so yeah. 
So <laughs> how many got one season of me being an NFL writer? So how many versions of the same this is our year we're talented enough to make the playoffs from media day? How many versions of that have you had to write and sit through now? Because we hear it every single year, right? This is the team. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve. I mean, Twelve. It's, and, and that's the reason why I know for me, media day is kind of like, yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, it's cool. Every team around the league thinks they can make the playoffs, but some of these teams, you're like, come on, OKC, let's not even play this. What are we talking about? <laughs> you know, you know, everyone thinks, you know, everyone thinks they got a shot. Everyone worked on their game. Everyone worked on all aspects of their game. You know, they all hit the weight room and did the right things. And then inevitably they'll go out there and by November do the same thing you saw them do all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's been the story for the Sacramento Kings for all 12 of those years that you've been here and then some, Jason. But this is the year that everybody's hoping is going to be different. It really has to be different if the Kings want to avoid the historic 16 straight seasons uh, without making the playoffs. And looking at this training camp roster, now there's some names on here like Emmanuel Terry and DJ Stewart and, and, and players like that that you know, okay, they're here to get reps. They're here to get opportunities, but mainly we're looking at probably spots on, on, on the Stockton Kings. But there are other pieces, bigger names on this roster that I'm trying to figure out how they're potentially going to fit with this rotation. So we're going to kind of go through some of these names and chat with you about some of these names. But I actually want to start with a, a big one that you would think is fairly obvious. At least I hope it's fairly obvious, but it, it sounds like it's still up for grabs. And I'm talking about the starting two guard spot between Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. Now that spot was Buddy Heald's basically all last season. Uh, there were a number of us in Sacramento who believe that it, it should have been Tyrese's spot or Tyrese deserved to have that spot uh, by the end of the season. So I'm kind of a weird way to form this question to start, but in your mind, what uh, does Tyrese have to not do during training camp to, to lose uh, that, um, that, that starting spot? Cause it feels like even with Buddy Heald still here, it feels like it's a shoe in for him to start next to De'Aaron Fox, knowing that's that future backcourt. To me, it's not get injured. I mean, that's about it. I just think it makes sense. I think now that you have another point guard, Who's style like and Davion Mitchell, whose style is up and down that maybe fits with Buddy. You can put you can pair them in the second unit together. And those guys are all gonna play together. <laughs> so you're, you're gonna see some probably very creative lineups out of this group. So I just think as long as Tyrese is healthy, I think it's just, you know, you go out there, you put you you get him with De'Aaron, and you get that to me, you get that dynamic you had during Bogdanovich's last stint with the Kings, where De'Aaron seemed to really thrive with the idea of having a guy who could facilitate next to him and allow him to be in attack mode to start the game. And I, I think that's just the that that's always seemed to work well with De'Aaron. And De'Aaron likes playing with another ball handler. He's not a point guard who feels like I have to have the ball every time. You know, De'Aaron's attitude is that if there's another guy who gets the ball going, I can kick, you know, take the rock and just go straight to the rim. There's no, no worry about, well, let me find a guy first. So I think that that dynamic makes the most sense. And I think that's where the Kings will probably go. But don't, don't, I'm not going to bet my paycheck on that. But that's the way I think it goes. To me, there's, to me, there's really two spots that are open. I think, I think Tyrese, De'Aaron, and Rashawn, well, well, actually, that makes it four. I mean, one spot open. Because if you say Tyrese and De'Aaron, then you say Rashawn, you say Harrison. It goes down to do you start big with a with a big like Marvin, or do you start you I don't know, do you start Tristan there? 
you know, there's different, you know, depending on who you match up with, or do you go small and start Mo Harkless? I mean, to me, that 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 thins you, you know, much, a little thinner on the, on the bench as far as your wing spots. But you, you got Terrence Davis for the whole year. And so, I mean, there's different things I think you can definitely do with them. To me, it really comes down to how do you, what do you do with the four? Do you start Harrison at the four? Or do you go with the two bigs and Harrison at the three? I would lean toward, you know, maybe starting Harrison at the three, just because I think you want to preserve him and have some uh, some length off the bench with uh, Mo. But, I mean, they could go a lot of different ways. Unlike last season, they didn't have that option of we can go this way, that way. It was like, okay, here's our six guys, and let's cross our fingers and hope someone gives us eight to ten decent minutes. So they should be in a better position to have some fun and kind of move pieces around. I thought it was interesting you talked about we know Harrison Barnes is going to be a start starter, but we just don't know where whether it's a three or the four spot that he's going to start in. And, and when you brought up the scenario of him uh, starting at the four and the Kings going smaller, you talked about Mo Harkless, but you didn't bring up Buddy Heald. And Buddy fielded some questions about um, playing that small forward spot, which he did get some run at last year, working on his body, getting stronger to be able to handle that position. But you and I have both discussed here on Lockdown Kings before that we don't feel like that is sustainable for Buddy Heald at the three if you want to be successful long-term. Buddy Heald playing that three, do you stand by that still, or do you think Buddy has a shot to start at three, maybe a better shot than he has starting over Tyrese at the two? I mean, he could. I don't think it's a long-term thing for success, me knowing the team and knowing how some of the, you know, the staff thought. That was more a, a product of the roster they had. Mm. I don't think any coach in this league would go in there and say, you know what, we want to use 6'3", six, 6'4", six, Buddy Heald at the three. Mm. And the real issue was, you know, offensively, if the game's going fast, it doesn't really matter. The issue really comes down to defensively when teams start to seek him out against those bigger threes. And it's not an effort thing with Buddy. It's just, just you know, physics. I mean – uh, we saw when they played the Warriors and he had to play three. It's not that he, you know, he wasn't trying to defend Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins is six eight. Yeah. But he can't affect him the same. You know, he might be stronger, but usually to me, shorter guys who are great defenders in those situations are guys who have done it their whole careers, like who understand leverage angles. You know, I can't let him get to that spot. That's mm. not really what Buddy does. And I think he'll try, but I'd almost rather see Terrence Davis in that role. Mm. He's seen, you know, the long wingspan, you know, he, he showed he could do that last season. So they have, they have options. And I think you will see buddy out there. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you, at some point you see them go super small with De'Aaron Tyrese, buddy, and maybe Davion too, mm. you know, just, just because they want to be able to just mix things up and, the way this team is, to me, they're the team that's, that's going to be built on, greater than the sum of its parts. So you're going to need everyone at some point to do something. You might need Alex Lynn to beat up Jokic for one game. <laughs> but then you might need a guy who's a little more mobile and crafty like Tristan tonight against Anthony Davis. Mm. So I see all these guys they have as a positive just because last season, the problem you had was you really had no options. I mean right. – we had guys, we had fans and media clamoring for De- you know, Daquan Jeffries to get playing time and not to take, not that Daquan's not a, you know, a, a bad person or, you know, whatever, but Daquan's been on like two or three teams since, since the Kings let him go. And the people were mad. Why are you cutting him? He got cut, you know, again, after he left Sacramento, you know, you're clamoring for guys like Robert Woodard 
to get minutes when when you saw him in summer league you saw robert got work to do mm-hmm. so when those are your options on the bench you got problems i mean glenn robinson the third was the was the addition last season and he didn't cut him in january yeah. <laughs> so i mean there's just now you have you have legit options you know is this like championship level talent no but at least i think you've got nba players who you can, you can plug in and give yourself a chance Today's Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local auto chain store to uh, stock all the parts that you need. Their warehouse only carries their specific parts at their specific price point. You don't have options. You don't have variety. You're just stuck. At rockauto.com, you have all the options, the variety, and the opportunity to save big. By shopping on Rock Auto, you can see a multitude of different parts that you might need different brands different price points you can save time and save money with rock auto you can choose to spend 30 50 or even 100 more at those auto chain stores if you really want to or you can save that money on rock auto uh, an example is like a honda odyssey fuel pump is 353 dollars on average from a chain store 216 dollars on average from rock auto rock auto's prices are reliably low for every customer it doesn't matter if you're a do-it-yourselfer who knows a lot about cars or someone like me who knows absolutely nothing. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts store needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com I asked Buddy Heald yesterday um, about the possibility of him coming off the bench versus starting. He's done both with the Sacramento Kings, like you've mentioned. Uh, and we know in the past that Buddy has taken issue, or at least it's been reported that Buddy has taken issue with that. He seems to like the optics of being a starter, even if he might not be on the floor to close a game, which which many think is, is more important. Um, but when asked about it, Buddy, I thought, said all the right things, had all the right answers, said, like, I'm going to do whatever the team asks of me. That's my job. I'm, I'm here to help win, win basketball mm-hmm. games. So Buddy is saying the right things, different from uh, maybe a couple of seasons ago. But the question is, do we really believe that? Should we really believe that? You've had great interactions with Buddy Heald. You know, Buddy, uh, how hard he works on the floor, off the floor, uh, how well-liked he is in that locker room because of the personality that he brings. Do you believe him when he says whatever Luke Walton, and apparently he and Luke have already had conversations about this over the last week that he's been in town. Do you believe him when he says, like, if if Luke Walton needs me to come off the bench, if I need to be the sixth man, I will happily or maybe not happily but i will accept that role and, and perform it to the best of my ability you believe that i'll say this i believe he's going to give his full effort no matter what you ask him to do but don't be don't be wrong buddy wants to start mm-hmm. buddy wants to start people forget a couple of seasons ago buddy was playing probably the most efficient basketball of his career i mean he got 42 points off the bench and still want to start <laughs> so i mean you know media day buddy you know pc buddy you know you know that's that they haven't lost a game yet <laughs> so i believe i do believe him when he says he's going to do whatever is asked of him because that's that's the but that's who buddy is mm. buddy is going to be unhappy but buddy's not going to kill your locker room he's not going to go in there and destroy it or whatever but he he won't he wants to be a starter and i don't ever knock a player for wanting to be a starter i mean I wouldn't want a team of like 15 guys who none of them wanted to start. Yeah. I mean, so I don't knock him for one to be a starter. I do believe that 
he, he's probably better suited to come off the bench. A lot of people around the league believe he's a sixth man, and they believe it's just because his his um, his game and his skill set is perfectly suited as a pro, as a number one scoring option with a second unit because you can feature him. You put it you, like, you put him out there with Davion. You've got another guy to help defend and cover for him. You know, the question then becomes, what do you play with him? One of the problems they had last year was you were playing Buddy and Bagley together. Right. And you can't, and you can't hide both of them. So there's some mixing and matching. You assume that maybe Marvin will be a better defender this year. You know, maybe he'll take a couple of steps, and you know, along those lines. But I think the big key is that by adding Davion, you added a guy that, okay, maybe we have a better chance of, sliding buddy to the three defensively against some teams. I mean, you're not going to do it against LeBron, you know, <laughs> you know, but maybe if he's guarding a guy like a Carmelo Anthony or a standstill shooter, you can put buddy out there and, you know, and not feel like, Oh my God, he's going to give up 30. The problem that was you had before was that it didn't matter who he was on. That guy was getting buckets. Yeah. But I think he's at least try, you know, last year he at least showed he will try. And the, I think one of the criticisms he got before was like, are you even, I mean, what are you doing? You know, like is that really your best effort. So now I think that he's trying. And if you get more guys around him who are also trying, that's where I kind of feel for Buddy. He was an easy target defensively, but you don't get as bad as they were defensively just because of Buddy. Right. You had five guys out there not doing their job. <laughs> it wasn't just Buddy, but Buddy was always an easy target. So I think if I think if if you know guys like De'Aaron elevate their game defensively and. The team believes De'Aaron can be an all-NBA type defender if he focuses and puts his mind to that. So if you get De'Aaron, you get Harrison, who's you know, generally a solid defender. You get Rashawn. You get these other guys around Buddy. I think that'll help him a lot. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based off who players, whose players had more scheduled games that week. No strategy. It made no sense. It required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards the team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So not only do you look at which players you're going to have play, you have to pick a matchup that you think benefits them. Like, for example, picking De'Aaron Fox against the Detroit Pistons instead of the Los Angeles Lakers, maybe. Or maybe you would even pick the Los Angeles Lakers game because you know De'Aaron tends to show up in those major games. That's what games picks is. So the days of losing your opponent's to your opponents just because their players simply play more than you, the daily busy fantasy work that usually is associated uh, with fantasy basketball. Those days are over. If you prefer the fantasy football element where it's a strategy for a week and without all that busy work, Sleeper and Game Picks is the place for you. Download the Sleeper app, start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron right now as teams are back to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season, as well as NBA and NCAA basketball. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit 
just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100 to cash in on that deal. From football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Earlier when you were going through hypothetical lineups and you started talking about what to do with the four, you talked about if the Kings go big, play Harrison to the three, maybe Tristan Thompson's in that spot. Uh, you talked about maybe even Alex Len getting run at that spot, depending upon, well, Alex Len or Rashawn flip-flopping, depending upon which team uh, the, the Kings are playing. But you didn't bring up Marvin Bagley, which I think is interesting because I, I I tend to agree. Marvin's maybe the best shoe-in fit for that four spot hole that the Kings seem to have right now, but Marvin might be the least reliable player on this roster right now, just because of his, his injury history. And of course, all the other stuff off the floor, when he's on the floor, we know he can put up numbers, but there are questions about defense questions about how he can fit with this Kings unit overall. Um, I'm hesitant to not necessarily award Marvin. If he earns it in training camp, then by all means, give him that spot. But with everything that's been going on and with how unreliable he is, I almost trust Tristan Thompson more, even though he hasn't played a game for the Sacramento Kings yet. How do you feel about Marvin potentially starting for the Sacramento Kings at the four spot on day one? If Marvin can be a stretch forward, it'll work. I mean, if, and if, if he can be that and also accept that they're not going to be running a ton of plays for him. If you've got... It'll, it would probably help that if he has Tyrese out there with him. So you got two playmakers. But even then, the ball goes to De'Aaron. It goes through Tyrese. It goes through Harrison. So, is and, and like I said, this is, this is not a question about Marvin's talent. It's about fit. Does he fit best with that group? Or does he fit best with a different group? And they got to still figure that out. And I think even though you got to see more of Marvin, they're still learning Marvin. I mean, they haven't had Marvin for like a, you know, has Marvin gone like, say, three, four months straight without being hurt? You know, I'm trying to remember, you know, maybe his rookie year. He I was going to say maybe his first year, but barely. You know, but they haven't been able to get, you know, like even last season, he's feeling good before the season. Then he gets COVID. Mm. So, you know, he misses, you know, the short little abbreviated camp and he's trying to catch up. And Marvin will never say that that was a factor last season, but. Pretty much every player you talk to who's had COVID will tell you that they didn't feel like themselves when they came back. Like, what did De'Aaron say at the end of last season? But he said it too. Yeah, he's trying to run. He can't. He can't breathe normally. You know. So, if they could get a good, I don't know, 30, 40 games of healthy, consistent Marvin, maybe that works. But you just don't know. I mean, he's still young. You just don't really know how to. You know what? It, what it is in. The problem that Marvin has is that kind of the timeline has shifted. This team is trying to win. Like, you know, it's like, it's like trying to get into the playoffs and that kind of, go, it's kind of counterproductive to saying, okay, you know, we're trying to win, win, win. So, but by the way, Marvin needs his reps and his touches. It's kind of hard to mix the, the same in because I'll tell you right now, Luke's not getting fired because he's doing, he's giving Marvin 35 minutes. If Tristan Thompson is the guy he trusts late in the game, Tristan's going to play. Mm-hmm. If it's Harrison Barnes, if it's whoever it is, if it's Alex Lynn, that guy's going to play. And I think you saw that last season. It was just funny because people got mad. Fans and media got mad at Luke for playing for not playing Marvin in the fourth. I'm like, they're trying to win, but you still got to play him. I think mm-hmm. this year, people are probably going to back off of that whole, well, you still got to play him. It's like, no, they're trying to win. And if Marvin <laughs> gives you the best chance to win, you roll with it. But – they're not going to. I don't think they're going to. You're going to see Luke and the staff experimenting with in the fourth quarter of a close game. Hey, we haven't put Marvin back in. 
if someone else is rolling, they're going to roll with it. They're going to really, I mean, they're, they're really going to rely on the idea that they can give you multiple looks, multiple you know guys can help and go with that. They're not going to force it, you know, force feed the whole idea that Marvin has to be the man or that guy has to be a man. I mean, because you have basically three point guards, if De'Aaron's getting, you know, getting worked over by say, you know, defensively having a rough time defending, I think they'll go ahead and they'll put Davion on the guy if Davion's a better matchup. I mean, you've got those options now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year really felt like a see-what-you-have type of season, especially when it comes to Marvin Bagley. This year, it's like, okay, we still don't know exactly what we have, but it doesn't matter because winning is the most important thing. And I think that's an important thing to bring up when you look at some of the other players on this roster that might be fan favorites that earned playing time last year that just simply because of competition and expectation might not get that opportunity this year. I'm talking about guys like Chemezi Metu, who I thought was very impressive as a two-way player, earning a main contract last season, had some good stretches before he got hurt, getting pulled off the rim by Jonas Valanciunas, and then battled back to still be almost as impressive or close to as impressive. Damian Jones, another one who was acquired and then kind of carved out some minutes for him towards the end of the season, and that group kept the Kings in the hunt even when they had no business being in the hunt. But I look at guys like that, and as much as I appreciate them, I go, on a team that's trying to win on a nightly basis where Luke Walton probably doesn't want to have more than eight or nine man rotation. Where do those guys get opportunities? Do you see opportunity for Damian Jones and Shemezi Metu with this team? Or do you expect them to be end of the bench guys that Walton says will get opportunity at some point in the season? Cause that always happens, but going into the season as good as they were last year, there's not much for them right now. See, to me, Shemezi is an intriguing situation because i think if you talk about fit you know i'm not saying chemethi's an nba starter but if you're gonna but in terms of fit to me he fits very well with that starting group Mm. you know he can space the you know athletic he can help you defensively you know he can you know he can defend the perimeter as a bigger guy so he to me he's an intriguing you know guy like what do you do with him you know, even if it's, you know, maybe he doesn't start in the rotation at the beginning of the year, but maybe things evolve. And I always remind people, the team you have today may not be the team you have in December. Mm. You know, deals get made, guys get moved around, guys can get like, I mean, so I think that he's an, to me, he's an intriguing piece just in terms of can he be in your steady rotation? It's going to be tough for Damian because they've got so many centers. I mean, you don't bring in Alex Lynn to then not play him. <laughs> to play him behind Damian Jones, right? I mean, it doesn't make sense, you know. You you know, but you you. But I think they're going to need their bigs because you know we know Rashawn, you know, in the past has been prone to get into foul trouble. So you you you're probably going to need a couple of bigs behind him, and depending on who you're playing, like I said, you know, there's still some teams that like to use two big guys, mm-hmm. and maybe the big guy is more mobile now. But you know, you, you know, if you're playing a Denver. And Michael Porter Jr., you know, Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. are the two uh, two forwards. You need a mobile guy who can move to, to kind of hang around with you know a guy like uh, Aaron Gordon. You know you, you can't you just can't throw your traditional kind of plotting big man at him. So there's going to be opportunities I think, for, especially for Chemezi. and I think it's because of the, probably the foul situation and things like that. Eventually, Damian will get a chance, but for the King, this is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Last year, guys played because they had no choice. So this is actually, to me, a good problem they're going to have to figure out. Uh, Nemias Keda, Lewis King, both on two-way contracts. 
they're going to spend a lot of time with the main roster, which is the the point of the two-way, which I think is awesome. Uh, but in terms of rotational spot, I think it's pretty clear we know where they're going to be end of the bench guys that may get in some garbage minutes at times, but uh, there's hopes and optimism for uh, my Kata being an athletic pure seven footer uh, who can protect the rim. There's hopes that someday he can turn into it may be a rotational piece for the Sacramento Kings, but I doubt it's going to be this early, especially with expectations for the Kings, but Jemias Ramsey, I know there are a boatload of guards on this team, just like there are a boatload of big men. Jemias Ramsey impressed a lot of people during his uh, his summer league play, and it might be a similar answer to what you gave with Chemezi Metu, maybe a little bit less opportunity for Jemias just because he hasn't proven it with the main roster yet. But compared to Robert Woodard, who clearly needs no more work, I'm not saying Jemias doesn't need more work at all, but he might have earned himself a bigger look. And, and Luke Walton talked about him actually a little bit in his press conference yesterday and said that he's coming into training camp with plenty of guys ahead of him, but there are going to be some opportunities for him. Realistically, with Jemias Ramsey, regardless of what kind of playing time he gets, what can he be at the NBA level for the Sacramento Kings, you think? Mm, that's an interesting thing to try to figure out just because, like you said, we haven't seen a lot of them. But mm-hmm. one thing we know is he can score and, he's, and he can be physical. And to me, the physicality translates in a couple of ways. One, that means he can help you defensively, which, you know, you know, he can shoot the three. So guys who can do that will have a job in the league for 10, 15 years. I mean, you look at guys, you know, around the league, you got guys who are still, you know, maybe I'm not saying they're the same type of player, but you look at guys like a Garrett Temple who was carved out a long career because he defends and he became a better three-point shooter. Mm-hmm. A Wayne Ellington's a guy like that. I mean, you got these guys who just, play these long careers because they figured that out. And it reminds me of how I think that's how old I am with the Kings back in the day when Mario Ellie told me if Dante green can figure out how to defend it and shoot the three, he'll play for 15 years, mm-hmm. you know? So <laughs> you just, you know, if you can kind of get that down and Jemiah is just so young too. I mean, that's the thing. The guy's so young. I expect he'll spend a lot of time down in Stockton with Bobby along with, you know, with Kata, you know, you know, that's going to, you know, I think that's what, in a lot of ways, why that summer was so important for those guys. It's basically a head start on Stockton. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a lot, you know, they, they, they were a team that had a lot of guys who were going to be in Stockton. And I just think that was a good, you know, you no know, base for him. He had some injuries that were bothering him going into summer league. So I think if, you know, if he's healthy, like I said, we know in this league, you're going to get your chance eventually. And I just think it's for him, it's about being ready for that chance wherever it comes. And like I said, Guys get traded all the time. And, and you still got guys on the team. I mean, they won't get moved maybe today, but who knows what's going to happen in January? Just got to right. be ready to go. But I think, yeah, I, I just foresee a lot of time in Stockton for him right now. Well, Jason Jones, the great work that you do over at The Athletic, more than worth the price of the subscription, not to mention uh, pieces from Sam Amick, who's very plugged in here in Sacramento, Shams, and all the great NBA, NFL, just national sports and and news content that they provide over there. I appreciate you uh, taking the time here on Locked on Kings. Hopefully it's a more enjoyable season for all of us, but especially you after the uh, 11 seasons that you've sat through covering this team. So I appreciate your time. Look forward to having you back on in the near future. No problem. Anytime. And I got a bottle of wine here. I got a couple of years ago. I said I wouldn't open unless I covered a Kings playoff game. So it's sitting there. Oh, and not, it, yeah. So it, it's sitting there. And so check the value on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's, it's, I said, I will not open. I said, I don't care if I'm having cover. I, I could be covering. I don't know. I could be covering the Memphis Grizzlies. 
If the Kings make the playoffs, that bottle gets opened. Well, I'm hoping you get to pop that bottle and you should make a story about that and a video about that alone yes. on The Athletic. And there's and everyone's going to be like, see, he loves the Kings. He's celebrating. I'm like, no, I'm not celebrating like that. But calm down. But yeah, I want to see, I, you know, uh, you know, you cover the team as long as I have. You know a lot of people there, a lot of good people. I would just love to see those people get a chance to enjoy that moment. Huge thank you to Jason Jones for joining me here on the Lockdown Kings podcast. If you don't have a subscription to The Athletic, I encourage you to get one. They're not a sponsor. They're not paying me to do this. And I choose to be a uh, subscriber to The Athletic, not just for the Kings content, but for all of the sports content that they provide. The Athletic is wonderful. And they only have top tier writers like Jason Jones, super cheap, super affordable. I highly encourage you to get an Athletic subscription if you do not already have one. forward to having Jason back on the Lockdown Kings podcast hopefully soon and hopefully we're talking about positives this season Jason even though he does have his LA background and his Lakers affiliation with all the work that he's put in covering this Kings team over the last 11 plus seasons uh, no one deserves or very few people deserve to actually cover playoff basketball more than Jason Jones there's a lot of people here in Sacramento like Jason who deserve to cover Kings basketball in the playoffs and hell I'm one of them, okay? And all of our fans deserve to actually watch uh, Kings playoff basketball, and maybe this will be the year. If you want to share your thoughts on what you think the Kings rotation should look like, your thoughts heading into training camp, please do so. You can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack. That's S-A-C. Uh, you can also email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, please uh, leave your comments down below. If you missed yesterday's podcast, uh, where you can hear all of the best sound bites uh, from Luke Walton, from uh, Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald, Tristan Thompson at uh, Kings Media Day, I encourage you to go back and listen to that. And I also shared yesterday, I'll bring it up again today, just to thank you again uh last month locked on kings surpassed 1 million downloads which i'm so 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 thankful for thank you so much uh for the support here of the podcast and i look forward to the millions more going forward and i want you to be a part of it so thank you i appreciate it i can't wait for you to join me on the next locked on kings podcast until then my name is matt george you have been listening to locked on kings part of the locked on podcast network